0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the month of Toba, and we read uh, in uh, John 3, verse 36, where Christ is saying, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And we can reflect on this idea of faith and belief, what does it mean actually to believe something? It's easy for us to say that we have certain beliefs, but really our beliefs are tested in, in life and in, in the decisions that we make and the choices that we make, how we choose to live, what we choose to do, uh, how we choose to, um, to struggle against maybe our own temptations or the desires of the flesh, or how do we see the world, how do we see other people, how do we treat other people, and why is it that we treat them the way that we do? This is all a reflection of our faith. In Matthew chapter 10, Christ says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And we have to ask, what does it mean to confess the Lord before men? What does it mean for us to be declaring our faith before the world and before people? You know, we live in a time more and more where Christianity is sidelined and it is seen as being irrational, delusional, uh, unnecessary, whatever it is that people want to label us. But in the end, for us to truly be Christian and to declare and proclaim our faith and to say that even though we live in the world that is more and more atheistic, that is full of so much darkness and sin, that we are believers, then we have to understand what does it mean to be a believer? Is it just that I come to a church or I read a Bible or I, I do certain activities kind of on my own? Or is it something that is reflected in my life that I live on a daily basis? So I'm gonna break this up into two parts. The first is when I'm making this confession, when we speak about making uh, conf- confessing the, the Father who is in heaven before men, what in what way we confess. So in some ways, um, we, we, it, our confession is by word, the way that we speak and what we speak of. And in others, it is by our own actions and deeds. So first I'm gonna speak about our words. How is it that we speak about the Lord? How is it that we should be bold to speak about the Lord and not afraid or cringe away from speaking about him? The first uh, important point is in order for us to be able to confess the Lord before men, in order to be able to declare our belief, then we have to have a knowledge and understanding. We have to understand the faith that it is that we believe in. Why is it that we believe what we do? It is important for us to to, to know the faith, to understand the faith. That when we read the Bible, we understand. This is the words of God to us. This is not the words of God to some other group. This is not the words of, of God to some you know theologians living on a mountain this is the words of God to us personally and unless we understand the word unless we study the word unless even when we don't understand it, we ask and we study more and we find references and we try to learn about the word of God then we will be unable to express our faith either in words or deeds because we will not be able to teach the people, what it is that God asks of us, what is it that God is doing in the world, and we will not be able to live it out because we don't understand it of how God wants us to live. In Hosea 4.6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And actually, the church is, is, you know, if we want to say that the church is being afflicted by the kind of the spirit in the world, the spirit of the day, the attacks on our faith and our belief, it is because there are people in the church that do not understand so we give in. We give in to the world's system and the world's way and the world's pattern and the way of belief in the world because we believe that, that, that the way of the world is actually superior to the way of God. Or we believe that the, the mercy in the world is actually greater than the mercy of God. Or that the love that is in the world is greater than the love of God. This reflects maybe an ignorance of understanding of what is it that God is actually saying and what is it God is actually calling us to do. So in order for me to be able to confess the Lord in the world, I have to understand him. I have to know his word, and I have to be filled with his knowledge. The second is I have to be willing to give a defense, to be willing to, 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 to speak. It's not just that I know in myself, but that I'm willing to speak and to defend the faith in the world. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you, A reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. This is a very nice verse, and it has a lot of elements in it. The first is that we are sanctifying the Lord in our hearts, meaning the the Lord is special to us. The Lord has a special place in our hearts. The Lord is of greater value than of anything else in the world. Whether it be my own life, my own body, my family, my friends, my possessions, of anything, the Lord God is sanctified in my heart. And so for, for me, the greatest thing to speak about, the greatest thing to declare, the greatest thing to live by is the Lord himself and his precepts. And then it says, well, always be ready to give a defense. Why? Because there are people that are going to question, why is it that you have sanctified the Lord this way? Why is it that you are placing God so highly in your life this way? Why is it you are going to church, taking communion, praying, fasting? Why is it that you are doing this stuff? And it's easy for others to look down on us and mock us Because they do not understand the reason, right? The reason for what? The hope that is in you. We are doing these things not because they are a cold system of rules that we have been called to do. We are doing them because of an expression of love to God. And because it is through these that God is able to protect us in from this world that we are able to keep our flesh in check that we are able to always remind ourselves of the presence of god in our life at all times all of the different practices that we do the word of god abides in us and we are ready to give a defense to anyone who questions this and we are not afraid to do so we are not afraid of what the consequences might be if those people find out what it is that i believe and especially if what i believe goes against them or against their way of life This is when it becomes even more critical, this idea of always being uh, ready to give a defense. And then it says, what, with meekness and fear, like, I'm not doing this with animosity, with hatred, with anger, with pride, with arrogance, with thinking that I know better, with thinking that I am better. No, this this is declaring the truth that has been revealed to us by God, and we are sharing this with others because we want them to be saved just as we are also being saved. And I do it with fear in the sense of uh, the, a sense of reverence to God this is, this is I, 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 I'm, I'm doing the work of the Lord when I declare the faith to the people. Also I should remember the importance of what we are telling them and not shy away because oftentimes we are shy to open our mouth. We can't say that we love people and then we refuse to tell them the truth when we have been given the opportunity right oftentimes we are shy we and we are concerned what might happen if I open my mouth, and what might people say about me, and what social groups might might I be like ejected from if I start speaking about uh, the word of God with people? What comes to my mind actually when when I think about this is something that God spoke uh, to Ezekiel, and uh, this is a very kind of difficult verse, but it's important for us to understand. He said to them, He said to Ezekiel, "When I say to the wicked." O wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Here God is speaking to Ezekiel as the prophet. And he's telling Ezekiel the prophet, he's saying, when I say to the wicked, when I declare the wicked and I say to the wicked, you shall die. But you as my prophet do not speak this message and tell it to the people. Then, yes, the wicked will die from their iniquity, but I will what? His blood I will require at your hand. Meaning, one way or the other, those who live in sin and iniquity and rejection of God, God will judge them. But when it comes to us, when God has given us the truth, He says, What? I want you to declare the truth to the world. I want you to declare it. I want you to make it known. I want you to give a defense. I want you to tell the people what it is that is the truth. And if they do not listen to you, I will judge them. But if you do not speak, if you do not say, if you do not warn, if you do not rebuke, if you are not an example, if you do not make it known that the, the, the way that others are living might not be the right path of life, he says, what well, their blood I will require at your hand. Meaning you did not do anything. I gave it to you. How is it that God preaches to the world? How is it that God makes himself known to the world? It is not through miracles. It is not that God is constantly appearing in the sky everywhere and letting people realize of his existence. It is not because he is doing some fantastic, magical, supernatural work everywhere to get people's attention. How is it that he makes himself known? He makes himself known through the church. He makes Himself known through those of us who are already believers, who are already in the world, who already have acquaintances and friends and relationships, who people know us and see us. It is through us that God makes Himself known. So if we are unable to speak, or if we are unwilling to speak, or if we are shy to speak, then who is it else that will speak? No one will speak. There will be no one speaking, right? Because God will not speak up because He, he has given us this job. He has given us this task to speak, to be relevant to be speaking to these important issues and to be an example to the world of how is it that we should live our lives. And if we choose not to take up this role, then sadly, it will will not be done by anyone. No no one will speak in our place. Another point regarding confessing the Lord before men is a fear of rejection or persecution. Maybe we are afraid to speak about what we believe in front of non-Christians. In Luke 12:4, it says, "And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do." You know, we live in a time now where the idea of Christian persecution is becoming more and more and more clear and obvious. You know, um, more more clear like it's been in other countries. It's it's coming here as well. Are we afraid of those who will kill us? Those who will persecute us? Those who will harm us? Are we willing to uh, you know conform? the truth, the message of the truth, in a way that is acceptable, just so that we would avoid some kind of negative consequence upon us. You know, the day is coming, the day is coming when more and more the Christianity will be seen as something that is unwanted, something that is, is is you know, rejected by society. And at that point, we're going to have to seriously look at ourselves and ask the question, am I doing this because I really believe that it's true? Or am I doing it simply because it is comfortable? What happens when Christianity is not comfortable anymore? You know, if you look at the faith of the early church, the faith of the martyrs, for them to, to convert to Christianity was essentially to accept the death sentence. If, if someone in the early days of Christianity were to convert to Christianity, essentially they were saying to, to the world, I am willing to die for this faith. This wasn't just a simple checkbox that I'm going to check my religion on a form and say this is my religion. No, for for there to be for them to be uh, saying and announcing to the world that they were Christians meant that they were to die. So we have to ask each one of us ourselves, what is it that we really believe and are we willing to confess the Lord in this way? The last point under the category of confessing the Lord by our words has, is, is is maybe a, if I have a lack of faith. So do I really believe or do I only claim to believe? Do I really believe or do I only claim to believe? Do I take the time to actually understand the faith in its depth, to wrestle with the difficult questions, to find answers to the things that maybe um, are not clear? Do I really have a depth of faith and understanding of the word of God? In the famous story about a father whose Child was demon-possessed. When the Lord s- sought to heal the child, the father said what? Immediately the father of the child ch- cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Whenever this father was struggling with, the, with his faith that maybe the Lord could heal his son, he identified that he had a doubt. He identified that he was struggling with something, but he did not leave that doubt to linger. You know, oftentimes in the faith, we have, we have doubts about things. Every once in a while, maybe we'll begin to doubt. We'll say, is this communion that we're taking, is this really the body and the blood of God himself? And we begin to question it. And we we think to ourselves, what about all these other things that we believe? What proof is there of all these things? And maybe these thoughts start to linger in our mind. And at this point, it is our responsibility to do what? It is not wrong to question. It is not wrong to think. It is not wrong to try to find answers. But what is wrong is to do nothing. What is wrong is to allow these doubts to linger and to grow and to expand until they take us over and they they consume our mind. And then we begin to fall away from the faith because we have not sought the answers. A lot of times people have questions and then as a result of these questions they conclude, well, maybe Christianity is not true. But they haven't done any effort to find the answers. They disbelieve that maybe there is no answer because they do not know it. The answer to every question is out there. The answer to every question exists. It's, it's, it's out there. It's available to us. It is up to each person to go and to search to find the answer to the question to help address any doubts that we might have. So that's the first part when we're speaking about how we confess the Lord in our words. How do we confess the Lord actively in a very active way? But what about with our actions? How do we confess the Lord in a more passive way, in a way that is just a, a reflection of, of, of who we are, when people see us, that they glorify God. Do my actions reflect my faith or not? St. James teaches about faith without works, and he says what in James 2:26: for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Maybe we are believers, and we consider ourselves to be faithful Christians, but then we maybe neglect certain things, like we neglect confession, we neglect repentance, we struggle with all manner of sins, but we don't really address them, or we don't try to repent or confess of them. So many things can be either uh, something that attracts people to the faith, things that I do, or it can be something that actually repels people away from the faith. For instance, something as simple as our language. How is it that I speak? This can be something that attracts people to God. They, when they see the, the way that we speak, the kindness in our, in our tone, The forgiveness that we offer to people, the way that we do not curse, the way that we do not gossip about others. These kinds of things can, even though they are not theological in nature, even though there is nothing there about preaching or talking about the Trinity or salvation or anything like that, simply something like that can set the the tone and the stage for something more in the future. But if people look at us and they see that we are clearly not even trying to follow the commands that Christianity teaches, then why would they be willing to accept it at all? Why would they be willing to consider it at all? We would actually be pushing people away. Another uh, example of maybe a kind of a work that attracts people uh, to, uh, to God, actually, is when we work hard. When people see we are diligent in our work, when we seek to do the best job that we can, This is actually something that is honorable and noble. We are not trying to cut corners. We're not trying to get away with anything. We are not trying to steal or cheat or lie to get ahead. No, actually we are sincere in what we do and we want to do a good job and we work hard and we put all our effort and our energy into doing work. That is another way that people see our faithfulness. They see our faithfulness not only with God, they see our faithfulness also with man. Being always on time, for instance, being a good example uh, so always serving others, being quick to forgive, being quick to find the needs of other people and to addressing those needs. If we have a reputation in the world among the worldly people, i do not not talking about in the church necessarily, that we are doing all, a lot of these things and people will will see that we have a good reputation and that we will be serving others, that they will look to us and say there is something about this person that's different, that's unique, that's not like everyone else. That in itself could be a seed that is planted that will lead that person eventually to a deeper understanding of the faith. We shouldn't be hypocrites. And a lot of times, you know, we speak about hypocrisy. And and, uh, Christ spoke about it to the Pharisees when he said in Matthew 6, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. What is the difference between weakness and hypocrisy? Because oftentimes we have this question. All of us struggle with sin. And sometimes we ask ourselves, is the way that I'm acting hypocritical or not? Hypocrisy is only caring about what other people think of us. Doing things for the sake of being seen. Just as the Pharisees, they were trying to give charitable donations to be seen. They didn't care about the poor. They didn't care about giving for so the sake of the people who are poor. They cared more about that they would be seen as the one who are giving to the poor. So we ask ourselves, how much do I do that I want because I want to be seen? Is it that I want to be seen? Is it that I just want people to see that I do good deeds? Or do I actually want to do good? Do I actually want people to be to benefit from from something? Or is it that I just want to put on a show and put on a mask? Um, sometimes even those who are struggling with hypocrisy fool themselves. And actually the Pharisees certainly did. They believed themselves to be righteous. But when Christ came and he revealed the truth that they were hypocrites and he and He rebuked them, they, they could not even believe it from him that this is who they really were. It is up to us when we are examining ourselves to look at our hearts and say, am I sincere in what I am doing? Weakness is different. Weakness is I want to do what is right. I'm trying to do what is right, but maybe I'm falling short. And when I fall short, I can repent. In Proverbs twenty-four sixteen, it says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. The righteous person will fall. The righteous person will fall many times. All of us will. Just because we fall into weakness, because we fall into sin and temptation doesn't mean that we are hypocrites. It means that we are weak. And Christ is calling us for salvation because he forgives us those who are repentant. But someone who is a hypocrite doesn't care about salvation, doesn't care about uh, you know, the judgment of God. All they care about is the judgment of man. What is it that other people say and think about me? The final point I wanna make is that the external actions that we do are a reflection of the internal. What we do in private is going to be reflected into who we are in public. Many of us have met people whom we felt like are trying to be fake. That we can see that inside of their own heart and the way they live their life, they are not genuine or sincere, or they have a different uh, value system altogether. But from the outside, they try to pretend to be something that they are not. At the same time, someone who is a righteous person, even the one who does not try to showcase themselves does not try to uh you know put on a show does not try to boast in themselves or reveal their own uh you know spiritual works or good works that person even though we don't know the details of their life you can tell about them that there is something about them about the way that they live that is holy and righteous and luke twelve three, it says therefore whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light And what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Whatever is secret will be declared. Whether that secret thing is wicked or whether that secret thing is righteous, God has a way of declaring it to the world one way or the other. So here when the Lord spoke about uh, our, our faith and how to express our faith and how to confess the Lord before men, we can do this both in our words and in our deeds we should be filled with the knowledge of god we should not be afraid to defend our faith we should not shy away from speaking about the Lord to other people. We should not be afraid of rejection, and we should strengthen ourselves and our faith that whenever we have doubts, we seek answers to what it is that we are doubting. And then finally, we should express this faith in our deeds. As St. James said, faith without works is dead. There is no way that I can be faithful without expressing this in my actions. And we spoke about the difference between hypocrisy and, and weakness, that we all as Christians are weak, but by the grace of God, we are strong, and that God covers our sins. So may God grant us that we are always mindful of how is it that we should declare our faith to the world, whether by words or by actions, and grant us the kingdom of heaven. And glory be to God forever. Amen.